Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, it's State of State. We got your Nittany Line update. It's a football discussion with Tom and Justin. So kick back and press play. With former Penn State and NFL defensive back Justin King, I'm Tom Hannafin. This is State of State. This podcast is presented by Bet Online. College football season is in full swing, and the last of the major pro sports leagues kick off this week. And Bet Online is your top spot for all your NBA action this season as well. With Major League Baseball's postseason, the NFL, college football, and the NHL all in play right now, Bet Online is your number one source for your wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything on the NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport anytime head to betonline.ag today or use your mobile device to get in on the action don't forget to use our promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit state of state is presented by bet online where the game starts also state of state is a proud supporter of blue white outfitters Blue White Outfitters was created as a retail shop meant to highlight the confidence, competitiveness, and fearlessness of the elite athletes found throughout the history of Penn State University. Check out the latest Lockdown U and Lawn Boys merchandise today. All sales from Blue White Outfitters directly benefit Penn State student-athletes. Visit www.bluewhiteoutfitters.com today. And if you're looking for the perfect beer for Penn State football season, we've got you covered with the State IPA. Special thanks to our friends at Funk Brewing for creating the best tailgate and game day beer for Nittany Lion fans. State IPA is available now at beer distributors, grocery stores, Funk's tap rooms, plus select bars and restaurants. Visit www.funkbrewing.com slash beers slash state dash IPA to learn where and how you can get State IPA. Check out the link in the description of this podcast for more information. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Next up on the schedule for the Penn State Nittany Lions, this Saturday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern on Fox, Penn State will travel to College Park, Maryland, to face the 5-3 and three Maryland Terrapins. This is a much more interesting game now than I think it looked when the season began, and even a handful of weeks ago. This looked like a game that maybe Penn State was probably going to handle easily, and then if you're a Maryland fan, Three weeks ago, you probably thought Maryland was going to put up a really good fight. Things have changed drastically, Justin. Obviously, Penn State, the loss to Ohio State, very, very difficult. The win against Indiana, the old adage, a win is a win is a win, but it wasn't the prettiest win, and it certainly concerned a lot of Penn State fans. Meanwhile, Maryland blew the doors off a lot of people, lesser competition for five straight weeks, and they have been on a skid that's been odd. You and I have talked about it. They lost to Ohio State three weeks ago, were competitive for three out of four quarters, and then Ohio State just leaned on them, went to Marvin Harrison Jr. What a shocking revelation that they did that, and they pulled away in the fourth quarter. Then some head scratchers, a loss against Illinois, which Penn State has seen what Illinois is capable of, and Illinois gave Penn State some trouble there in that first half third quarter earlier this season and then last week a real head scratcher northwestern with its backup quarterback beat maryland at home and now the maryland terrapins on uh, terrapins on a three-game losing streak so uh, you're very familiar with this maryland program altogether and you like to say you know the, the guys that don't go to penn state go to maryland 
what's going on with this Maryland football team? I mean, from the previous games, like you said, I think they have the talent to be a competitive, tough football team. They are, I mean, there's a ton of talent in the DMV area. I mean, Penn State recruits heavily in that space. But when it comes down to it, I mean, uh, some transfers, I mean, new coaching staff coming in. I think it's just a matter of them gelling. But with them losing, I wouldn't feel any ease from ourselves from Penn State just making sure that we get back on path because like again this is going to be a motivated group I mean sometimes if you don't have an elite program or elite team maybe play up or down to your competition and so that's when sometimes you like slip and lose games like to Northwestern and things like that but you play up to your competition as well so just having something to play for again acknowledging that James and uh, Coach Loxley's been on his staff together, and anytime that you have coaches that play against you, they can motivate their guys to play well. And again, they have good talent, so it's just a matter of them putting together. So I think that's kind of where it is with them. I don't think they're an elite football team, so they play up and down to the competition, but those are scary situations to me because in the corner, you know, snakes bite. That last uh, home game for Maryland was the loss to Illinois, and that was a score of 27 to 24. And we, as I mentioned, at Penn State fans got a taste of what Illinois can do. Hats off to that Illinois defense when Penn State played them a number of weeks ago. Is that, as I mentioned, that first half, Illinois gave them some problems. The the Jekyll and Hyde thing about this Maryland team for me, Justin, is the performance that they put up against Ohio State. Talia Tongavailoa, their quarterback, who you know some people think he's elite, some people think he's a slightly above average quarterback. I think he is what he is at this point in his career, but he had a nice day altogether against Ohio State, and then it kind of went off the rails there towards the end. The defense, especially for Maryland, really made life difficult for Ohio State in those first two, three quarters of that game. As I mentioned, Kyle McCord went to Marvin Harrison Jr., and Penn State suffered that exact same fate, so there's no shame in that necessarily, but it's just kind of odd, and it's strange to see this type of inconsistency because there were plenty of people that thought Maryland could be a contender this year within the Big Ten. If you're Penn State, you're coming off of this game against Indiana, and it's like, eh, it didn't feel that great. It didn't feel that cozy. What What's the plan of attack against this Maryland team? I think you end it the way you uh, you started the way you ended the last game. Bombs away, man. Like, let that thing rip. At the end of the day, man, there's like one-on-one opportunities, I think, Loxley, in the way that they play defense or just how they operate mentality from a mental approach standpoint. I think they're going to challenge Penn State. They're going to put some pressure on uh, Drew Aller to make sure, see if he's going to put the ball up in those one-on-one situations, you know, like Theo Head against the linebacker, uh, Keandre on the outside, and just finding those matchups. I think the one thing that we really got to continue to step up is in the backfield and making sure that we establish the run, especially against a team like Maryland, where I think there's just a little deficient up front, even though they've done a good job in just town acquisition over the past few years. My, my guy, Smoke Dixon, um, has put together a nice roster with his staff up there. But with that being said, if Penn State takes control of that offensive line, of that offensive um, rushing attack, I think it opens up different areas of the passing game where we can move our way up and down the field on this, te- on this team. And again, they have offense offensive weapons but i think the defense has been playing um at a at an elite level obviously there were some things last week that we want to clean up but i think they're gonna come out playing inspired this week i mean you get up for maryland they're not going to come in showing the most respect and you guys know these players and it, it, sh- it should be a fun get down in college park 
It's a nice little road trip for Penn State fans to just kind of take over uh, their stadium on a Saturday afternoon. I, I just personally love seeing it on TV. It's fun. <laughs> and, and No, I think it's great that you hit that uh, point about Penn State trying to establish a run because Ohio State tried something similar, and it didn't work out. And I'd say that Penn State's rushing attack, I'd, I'd say about even if not better than Ohio State's. I don't know what you feel about that. About even, right? You just love to have yeah. – you love to have uh, just some more production. We haven't had a 100-yard game from one player. I think the longest rush of the season is from Tank Smith, and that was 38 yards, I mean, from our starting running backs. I knew you were going to put over your cousin. Yeah. You know what I mean? Shout yeah. out Tank. Shout out Tank. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would have never thought that he would be leading the, the team in explosive plays, but that's that's kudos to him. That's in between. But, but you know, between Nick and Katron, 19 yards, we have to, like, have them – have the defense fear of those guys as big play threats to to back up because I mean 18 yards on a season, you gotta you gotta you gotta beat me. Uh <laughs> you gonna have to figure that out because I'm gonna play my defense to that weakness in this moment. To that point, you know, Ohio State struggled to run the ball against Maryland initially, and the Maryland pass rush actually was was getting after Kyle McCord. And the pass rush by Indiana, of all people. And, you know, we've seen it a couple times through the season. Ohio State certainly made life difficult for Drew Rauer, their pass rush. They they have the athletes that you kind of expected that to happen. But going into this game, I completely agree with the point you said of bombs away. Because, yeah, again, I come back to what James Franklin said. Do not, quote, just throw it deep into coverage. Make good decisions. But James Franklin even said in his press conference on Tuesday is that the most reliable group of pass catchers right now are your tight ends. There are mismatches to be had within this Maryland secondary because of Penn State's tight ends. Three guys that we know Penn State can trot out there and Theo Johnson, Tyler Warren, and Khalil Dinkins who've all gotten touchdowns. And if you're not going to have Trey Wallace, it sounds like Trey Wallace will not play against Maryland. You are expecting to get Caden Wallace back at right tackle. You'll still see Drew Shelton. You'll still see J.B. Nelson and Vango Yuane cycling in there in their respective roles. So you, you feel better about Wallace and there's some pass protection helping in the, the running game. But if there was ever a game where you talked about, it's like, oh, in the next doubting, man, you know, if he could have a 300-yard, if Drew Aller could have a 300-yard passing game against Indiana and show what he's capable of, that didn't happen. But this game lends itself for Drew Aller to open up the passing game, a la what we saw him do against West Virginia. When you've gotten your chances to watch this Maryland secondary, and especially the way they got burned, burned by Northwestern's passing game, which sounds like an insane sentence to say out loud, <laughs> how can Drew Aller take advantage of this defense in particular? I think it still comes down to making the right read, right? Like when there's just, just some situations when you're supposed to go through your progression, safety's high, hit something underneath. But when you find or also look for those one-on-one opportunities, whenever you get man, whenever you have a situation where there's a favorable matchup, really lean into those matchups a little bit more than the system. Like find your guys and toss them the pill. Because at the end of the day, I felt like that interception that he, that he had last week was, you know, like, Someone like pop under duress, he threw up his back foot. I'm was, not making apologies think, but I, for it, but I was happy about it. I was right. happy about it because, like, there's a level of like to say, like, athletes have an effort level, like, you know, it bleed me out, but like, an effort level of risk reward and how they play. Like, they say DBs that make a lot of plays have a high effort reward because before you jump a pass, you have to say effort because it might be a double. Move oh, I thought you were saying effort. No, <laughs> you're F saying it. F. 
it. I got it. Like F you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, F it. Like, so as a quarterback, there's a lot of times like Brett Favre has a high F it. But you make great plays when that happens. So like just seeing them have that moment where it's like F it, it kind of, it loosens up a little bit because when you feel like, okay, I had my turnover. He said he didn't even know that he threw an interception, but the way he even threw that pass with a minute left to go in a 50 yard strike to Keandre, those are the type of elite traits that we like to see from a five-star quarterback. And he has that. And so I think there might be some unlocking of the fear of playing within every situation and just kind of be a little bit of a ball player, extend the plays and, and make some passes. I mean, cause I always thought his, I mean, at the beginning of the season, I was saying like his game reminded me of a Ben Roethlisberger, like moving around. Ben wasn't fast, but he was nifty in the pocket. Couldn't get him down and just find his matchups. And he took advantage of it. I think he has that ability. Even though the fall can feel jam-packed, HelloFresh makes whipping up a home-cooked dinner actually doable with quick and easy options, including their 15-minute meals. That's less time than it takes to get delivery. And with everything pre-portioned and delivered right to your door every week, it really is a no-brainer. Some of my personal favorites, the pub-style shepherd's pie is delicious, and the fully loaded pork taquitos, two of my favorite dishes. And Justin, on top of that, they're healthy, they're fresh, and they save me time and money. Talk about convenience, something that tastes good and saving money. I mean, it's essential in my life where I'm just running around, whether it's podcast, talent management, dealing with my daughter in tennis and moving around and having a healthy, convenient meal that saves money on the grocery bill and just the food budget is amazing. It's a plus one in my book. You hit the nail on the head. We all know HelloFresh takes the hassle out of mealtime, but did you know it can also save you money? HelloFresh is 25% less expensive than takeout. So that means you can get an easy home-cooked meal on the table and more money back in your pocket. So head to HelloFresh.com slash 50Lion and use code 50Lion, that's 50-L-I-O-N, for 50% off plus free shipping. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash 50Lion and use the code 50Lion, 50-L-I-O-N, for 50% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Especially the amount of talk that's been around Drew Hour the last few weeks. And we've talked about him plenty because it's been a rough two weeks. And this is this is a good thing. And I know Penn State fans are like, you know, wanting to see the guy who could could can who could contend for a Heisman, something like that. Could be a number one overall draft pick, something like that. I, I get it. He is a sophomore. He has had eight <laughs> starts. The fact that he's had two weeks of adversity, it's a good thing. We talked about it in the lead up to the Ohio State game is that, hey, Kyle McCord had that callus on his psyche of that deep game against Notre Dame and having to win in the final seconds. That is an important thing for a quarterback, for any football player, any athlete to go through. If it's just all sunshine and roses, what are you going to do when it's a pressure situation? It's extremely difficult. So I think there's going to be those opportunities for Drew Hour to really open up the passing game. Again, it's it's not abandoning the run. I like the fact that Penn State has, has yet to truly abandon the run. Against Ohio State, yeah, I mean, Drew threw it 42 times. But still, the running game deep into games, you're seeing both Katron Allen and Nick Singleton getting about 15 carries apiece, plus or minus. It's like, okay, there's balance within the play calling. That's great. On the flip side, defensively, I have been saying it for years on this platform, Talia Tonga-Vailoa, 
gets rattled when he makes mistakes or when something doesn't go right. And I was listening to um, some podcasts about you know guys that cover Maryland football consistently. And they're, they're, the phrase I heard, I got to pull up the name of the podcast that said it, but they said, quote, Talia Tongavailoa has never learned how to lose the battle in order to win the war. Hmm. When you watch Talia Tongavailoa compete, what do you see? I mean, it's a little bit of his, his brother, right? Like when you just see some of the things of like, sometimes there's some errand passes and sometimes there's some great passes. And it's just a very roller coaster type of ride. And I mean, I think that's how his career has been. But it's hard. It's funny because I've been in this deep dive of like evaluating quarterbacks and try to figure out what is the right the, the right metric to kind of even see the trajectory, just seeing how right. like NFL quarterbacks transition back. So he's kind of in that realm. I've got a trans transition out with an older brother, understanding the the uh the path of a quarterback. But his his style of play is still very like a roller coaster ride. You know what I mean? Where it's just bad decision making, um, like inconsistent with the football and ball placement and different things of that nature. But he has a decent skill set to be able to make certain plays when things happen. So it's 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 quite interesting, but he's a he's a guy that I would tell the defensive backfield and lock down you like, hey man, he's gonna throw us one. Just make sure we catch it. He has twenty three scores on the year and six interceptions. Uh, I'm trying to track down how many fumbles he has, but I'm not exactly finding it. Uh, credit to Inside Maryland Sports Radio, by the way, with that quote. I thought that was fantastic. It's a very good podcast for anybody that's trying to get some nuggets about Penn State. Uh, versus Maryland this weekend, uh, especially for Talia Tagovailoa. It's not that he's without weapons. Uh, Jayshon Johnson, I believe, is the wide receiver, and then Caden Prather. Those two are outstanding, and they're guys that I imagine at one point or another, Justin, Penn State had their eye on. 100%, especially Prather through the uh, through the transfer portal. I mean, he was a, he's a big pickup. I mean, he got speed and explosive guys. Like I said, the, I mean – I don't know if that I don't know if he's from the DMV, but they do a good job having bringing in great athletes to play there. Uh, Prather's from Montgomeryville, Maryland. So he's from uh, Maryland, DMV point. guy. Yeah, transferred from West Virginia, and then uh, Jayshon Jones. Excuse me, Jayshon Jones is somebody that they've uh, shown a lot of respect for. And on top of that, their running back Roman Hemby in the past has been he's a bit of a punisher at running back. I'd compare him closer to. Um, CJ Donaldson from West Virginia that Penn State played earlier on this season, this season, Donaldson really never got going in that game and credit to Penn State on that front. Also defensively, I think the interesting thing, again, going through adversity to try and improve, not having Chop Robinson and having a mean Vanover questionable last week going into the game against Indiana, it opened up more opportunities. Not that Adisa Isaac wasn't getting them and not that Denai Dennis Sutton wasn't getting them, but it's like, hey, we're not going as deep into the bench as we typically do or the depth chart, so to speak. And Denai Dennis Sutton wound up being defensive player of the week for Penn State. Denai, we have been singing his praises for a long time. How much success do you think this defense can have, especially when it comes to the pass rush and then lock down you trying to get back on track? Because last week was not their best. No, 100%. Clean up the the blitz mental errors on that standpoint. Didn't really have too many physical or talent errors in that in that space. But when it comes to the, the, the hunters, those defense alignment, 
think they should have a field day. I mean, you see Adisa coming into his own. You see DDS coming into his own. And they they have superior talent. I mean, and up front is we just get them into those situations, especially if the offense delivers a, their, their side of the bargain and gets up a little bit and puts Maryland in a one-dimensional type of situation where they have to pass the football. I think it's going to be a tough sledding, and it's going to be a lot of a lot of partying in the backfield. <laughs> it was so interesting watching the game for Northwestern and Maryland last week, Justin, because it was systemic failure by Maryland. I'm not saying it was a failure across the board, but it was systemic problems. All three phases had problems. There were issues in terms of a huge kick return that was given up. Punt return was not great. Uh, and then on the flip side, you know, it, it's not to say that Penn State has been without blame and Penn State fans. Listen, you guys have been fantastic getting in the comments section and telling us all the things that you're concerned about. We we share those concerns. But one thing that James Franklin said in his press conference on Tuesday is that, man, Penn State's got to tackle better. And you and I were talking about it with Alan Zemitis, of First of all, how the secondary tackles so well, uh, but altogether, the defense just not at its best against Indiana. What do you attribute that to? Do you, like we talked about the hangover from Ohio State, and how do you, within the span of a week, be like, hey, guys, that wasn't our best. We've got to turn this around because Maryland's a winnable game, but if you take your eye off the ball, it's a losable game. You're 100% right. And I, I can I mean, go back to my playing days. It's funny that you say that because even as a DB, I hated missing a tackle actually more than I hated getting beat, right? Because like there was like a – I don't know if it just tapped into something of your masculinity, like when you like when you can't tackle someone, right? There's something about a pass, like oh, whatever. But that used to sting with me longer than giving up a pass. And when that did happen, I remember just being like maniacally focused on kind of trying to separate. I'm sorry, I'm getting excited. Separate <laughs> ball carriers. Microphone. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like se separate ball carriers, like at their knees from like from the ball, like just really focusing on the want to of getting guys down. Cause I think when it comes down to tackling, it's a mentality more so than technical base. Like I need to get this guy down. And then once you get, I mean, when you have things and you're not doing the fundamentals and running past guys, it's really going back to the mentality of, of like I said, I mean, it's an attitude thing. So I think, I think that stain in the identity that the defense has had. And then you saw Manny Diaz's face on the sidelines. I'm pretty sure he got after those guys a little bit about the tackling. So with that being said, linebackers, I mean, just the, the identity of the defense, I think they're going to be coming out ready to make some plays and tackle with some physicality. I was going to say, if you have any inside scoop from Terry Smith in terms of some of the comments he had with the defensive <laughs> backs, I'd be very, very curious to hear what those are. Um, yeah, it's just not not their best outing. And I'm sure Kalen King, Johnny Dixon especially, have been hearing it since the Ohio State game, the game that Marvin Harrison had. And, and you explained it in terms of, you know, yeah, you can look at his stat line, but just the individual ways that these guys were playing within the game when they got burned, how they got beat, whatever. Like, you can't put it all necessarily on one person. So they've been feeling that. The Indiana game doesn't go their way necessarily, but they still manage to get a win. Now you have a chance to go down and – listen, I, I want to put it out of the realm of possibility that Penn State goes down to Maryland and thumps these guys because it's two teams that Maryland's trending in the wrong direction. Penn State is – I don't know, in this Justin, what do you think? In this odd like purgatory right now where it was like you, you got punched in the mouth against Ohio State and now it's just trying to get back up to your feet. 
expectations versus results. I think what we're we're getting to as a fan base is like our expectations coming into the season and everybody having this mythological way that the game would aesthetically look. And I think when it doesn't match up, get frustrated on where you want to go and we lose to Ohio State again and like that whole record situation. And then ugly win, again, winning is hard. But an ugly win against Indiana, and now you're on to somewhat of a, a team that views you as a rival that's got their back up, back up against the wall. So I think it's an interesting game and it'll be a little bit more entertaining than most people think. But I think this is the game where the guys get back on track and, and dominate these guys, even with great competition. Because I think Maryland will be ready to play. So like weathering the emotional aspect of that first quarter, first quarter and a half from Maryland will be imperative to make sure this game doesn't get out of hand or closer than we want it to be. You said expectations versus reality. And James Franklin made a comment again during his press conference on Tuesday that the players have had a chance to, to huddle up since the Indiana game. And I believe the quote from James Franklin was his players saying that, you know, great teams have to be honest with themselves. And I think there were great expectations for this team externally and internally. And even though James Franklin and company might not come right out and say exactly what it is, but every once in a while, a player will come up and be like, we're going to the national championship. We're going to the big 10 championship. So, you know, these guys feel confident in themselves, but right. you can speak to this of certain games, win or loss, where you all have to turn around and you have to say to each other, this is this guy's strength. This is this guy's weakness. How do we put this all together as a team and move forward? Because I think it's been, enough of a body of work eight games that we know what this team is it's not that they aren't capable of greater things or lesser things but still we have a good idea what this team is how honest they have to be with themselves right now before maryland and oh by the way michigan november 11th for that reason i think they have to be extremely honest with themselves going into maryland because it's not, not a tune-up game but it's a game to get things right so you're not continuing to trend downward right because like even with that there's a level of confidence as you're playing you know when you play bad like, you know when you make back make or making mistakes or things aren't as routine as it once was and so that means a level of focus needs to be etched up and if there's a level of owned responsibility amongst those guys and if they all have expectations like they should raise their level of play in those areas where they feel they need to get better and i think they will do that uh, against against maryland and moving into michigan because it's one thing to have external expectations, but it's another thing to have internal expectations. And I think they were real, and I think they have the ability to do it. And so it's just a matter of letting free and continue to play. And because sometimes letting some of those past games just kind of go away and not holding on to the stench of maybe what you put on film. One game at a time at this point in the that's season. It. One game at a time. No, And I know that's a cliche, and I know the one and no mentality. Some people love it. Some people hate it. But, like, you have to treat it like that the, the rest of the way this season, at least through this Michigan game. No disrespect to Rutgers and Michigan State, but those are teams you absolutely should not struggle against. They are struggling mightily this season. So I digress. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Like, comment, subscribe, turn on notifications, rate us. Hop in the comment section. Tell us what you guys are thinking. Are, are you concerned about this game? Do you feel confident about this game? What do you like about the matchup? What do you dislike about the matchup? We will be live for the post-game show immediately following Penn State versus Maryland right here on our YouTube channel. And this will, of course, post on our audio-only platforms. Again, Penn State versus Maryland this Saturday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern on Fox.
Thank you all so much for joining us. This episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter, at TheKing1 and at Tom Hannafin. State of State is presented by BetOnline. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.